Hello and welcome to New Models. We're coming to you today with a New Models special report. We spend a lot of time on this cast looking at things that aren't working in our society. The ills of platform capitalism and outrage culture, the radicalization of Gen Z, and the battles of the climate emergency. What you are about to hear is a short, focused conversation about something that is actively, materially contributing to a real new model despite all else. Our guest on this special report is Z from Black Socialists of America, returning to share some background on a new tool BSA just launched, the Dual Power Map of America. An accessible, interactive map that aims to feature all of the worker-owned and cooperative businesses in the United States, the opposition to capitalist, monopolistic corporations. It's a simple idea that could serve as a catalyst for big change. If you're not yet familiar with BSA, check out their site, blacksocialist.us. You can also have a listen to the Black Socialist episode of the New Models podcast, recorded earlier this year. I'm Lil Internet, joined by New Models' Caroline Busta. We're in Berlin with Z calling in from New York. Let's get right into it. New Models Special Report. Welcome to New Models. We have a special report today with Z from Black Socialists of America. Thank you for calling in again. Thank you for having me. We're having this conversation today because you just launched the Dual Power Map Project. Yes. I mean, first of all, the, the uh, your promo video is really fucking epic. <laughs> uh, who, 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 made, who made that? Like... <laughs> the person who makes our our video promos and who does some of our web development uh, would like to stay anonymous. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> okay. They do some stuff for for big folks, so this is the work that that gives them self fulfillment. So they maybe work for one of the large corporations <laughs> on their <laughs> on your uh, dual power map. I mean, that's a that's that's the move though if you're gonna. Yeah, yeah. So when we talked to you last time, you have a website that you know is gives a lot of it's it's a, it's a resource. It's a hub for right. different text. It's a glossary. The name of the map is called the Dual Power Map. Right. So we're going to ask you in a second what exactly that is and how it functions. But before we right. go there, what's Dual Power? I actually want to use this as an opportunity to plug the mumbo jumbo section on our website. Definitely go to our website and check out the glossary of socialist terms. Dual power is defined as two powers, one proletarian and and what we'd say democratic and one capitalist coexisting and competing for legitimacy in the transition away from a, a capitalist society. You know, that basically means, you know, as of now, you know, we're living under global capitalism and in the, the, the strategy that we're advocating for, we believe we have to essentially start building a new world in the shell of the old in a, in a prefigurative fashion. Start building the world that we want to see in a social and economic sense. And a part of that on our end means building on you know economic democracy with the hope that new political institutions, new forms of self-governance, et cetera, et cetera, will, will form out of this economic base and uh, essentially allow us to render the, the, the capitalist state obsolete. So we have dual power down. What is the dual power map? Ideally, we wanted to be we wanted to develop a resource or, or tool that folks who are serious specifically about institution building and in an economic sense. Uh, we wanted to essentially give them a, a place to start to see what's around them and build a socialist alternative. That that's really the, the the key part because a lot of a lot of leftists 
like to talk about dismantling and destroying. In my experience, they rarely talk about it in the process of building on the alternative. Which is so important, too, when you think of like how Marx would speak of materialism. Yes, it's a digital map, but it has a physical corollary. Here's a map of people that are doing business around the U.S. that are, you know, that you can right now, today, network with, go support, go join. It's a materialist tool. And I think that that was, you know, it's not just like more online fire for like whatever complaint, whatever outrage thread. It was like, here is something that you can use. You can pull it out of your pocket, say, I need to have my bike fixed. Like, you know, what shop is like worker owned or what shop is a small shop and not like a big conglomerate? Just even the gesture towards. We're showcasing what we're calling dual power projects. And so Cooperation Jackson, who we're partnered with, is sort of like the the first, you know, working model of that in the context of the U.S. And, you know, we have our own criteria that that we're looking at in terms of determining what would make an initiative a dual power project in cooperation. Jackson's case, you know, it's the fact that they're not just one worker co-op, right? They're a federation of predominantly black-owned worker co-ops, and they're an explicitly anti-capitalist federation of worker co-ops. And they're also building on community land trust initiatives and a lot of the other elements of, again, what we call the solidarity, solidarity economy movement presenting the 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 socialist the, the the scientific and utopian socialist vision at that that local level and so the hope is that it can not only uh, inspire similar projects to start developing in poor and working class black communities throughout the US but it becomes it allows people to essentially learn about and study um, the struggles and challenges that are happening at the municipal level, the local level. So it, it, it serves a, a lot of different purposes at, at once. And, and hopefully, you know, we hope to see a plethora of Cooperation Jackson type projects sprout all throughout the country. And even bigger than that, we hope to see ecosystems of economic democracy start to develop that can then start to reinforce one another. Well, first of all, just to make it really clear for people if they haven't gotten it, I mean, the dual power map ultimately is a map of the United States and you can zoom into cities or your location and see worker-owned businesses and and cooperatives. Um, The page also has a lot of like really rich data on sort of a macro view of ownership of, of companies in the United States. On your maps page, you're pretty clear that most of the co-ops and worker-owned businesses on the map aren't explicitly anti-capitalist um, right. in, in their politics. I mean, you you basically decided that it was better tactically to not be dogmatic about this when building this map, and and that it was strategically better to build a coalition of this framework, and I think from there introduce right. the ideology. And I wonder if, if you had kind of a personal heuristic for how BSA in general and in regards to this map chooses to kind of weigh tactics versus ideology and dogmatism? Well, I actually, the first thing I want to say in response to that is that the main reason why cooperative movements have failed throughout U.S. history is one, because of uh, the isolation. So folks are, you know, building on on these institutions 
all around the, the, the country, but they're not really connected in, in the ways that they need to be because they haven't developed under an explicitly anti-capitalist logic, you know, in terms of trying to maximize internal democracy and, 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 and connecting it to a larger political struggle. So, you know, Kali Akuno, who's also co-founder, co-director of Cooperation Jackson and a member of BSA, he's constantly talking about we're going to need the solidarity economy movement. We're going to need the cooperative movement if we're serious about, you know, building on this dual power strategy. But I'm also of the thinking that they need us because if, if you're not moving in an explicitly political fashion, it's nothing for the capitalist class to co-opt and, and buy out whatever you're, you're building on or to, through competition, just just edge it out. But it's so. a, the structure itself of these businesses ultimately are oppositional to capitalism. And in a way, you're using it as a as a basis to encourage just a structural framework that's oppositional to capitalism. But from there, you also have a network with which to kind of uh, inject some ideology. Right. You know, we, we say in the notice that we're trying to politicize the solidarity economy movement even more. And these types of institutions are socialists or socialistic in terms of their internal relations, in terms of their external relations, or in terms of how they relate to the greater economy or the global economy. There's no socialistic guarantees there. Right. Since we've released the map, there's already tons of people who are a part of this movement who are starting to engage with us that weren't engaging before. But we're trying to leverage this with the politics and, and we're not going to have any shortcuts on that. And we do think that there needs to be some sort of bridge between the cooperative movements and, and the union movements as well. And yeah. that's something that our organization is sort of facilitating at the moment, too. So and this, these are all things that we, we're going to be trying to integrate into the tools that we develop, including the dual power map. On a practical level, can you say like, so someone's listening to this cast and they run a small business, what is the procedure for getting themselves on the map? Or Maybe they know, you know, they want to list some businesses in their hometown. How do they go about doing that? People are doing that a lot right now already. Right now, if you actually go to the search bar on the map, you'll actually see an entry form pop up and it explains our criteria and, you know, what we're looking at and what we're looking for. And it allows people to submit different projects. And so basically our the back end and our emails are already flooded with folks who are making submissions. You know, we're already living with so many different AR features. It would be so cool if there were some plugin where when you looked at Google Maps, there was like a BSA plugin where you could just, you know, filter <laughs> by BSA. I like, think you can add overlays yeah. to Google Maps. Usually actually. you can. I know, because right. there the, there's the L.A. gang territory map. Um, right. I remember someone built, and it came in handy when I was shooting a music video in Compton once. <laughs> well, I do. Uh, that's actually a relevant point, because basically what we, we've been developing on, there are other folks in the Solidarity Economy Movement who already essentially developed on it, but it was kind of, it wasn't coming with, it contextualized with the politics. We're already getting the sense that there's going to be a lot of power in us having this tool. You know, I made the point earlier that the that I think the solidarity economy movement 
Wait, can we actually define that real quick, though? Solidarity economy movement. Can you uh, run us through that? Because it's come up a couple times. It's just people and institutions and organizations uh, worldwide who are trying to bring democracy to our economy and community control to our economy. That's the right. that's the shortest explanation I could give for that. And so there's people there are people building on things like the institutions that you see on the dual power map and other ones, you know, so like federal credit unions, community land trusts, worker cooperatives. The, the solidarity economy movement goes even broader to other types of cooperatives. Not all cooperatives are, are worker cooperatives. But we're yeah, we're trying to we're trying to zero in on specific institutions that are going to help us build more power and and community control in our context, I'm saying, as a you know, an organization trying to politicize the solidarity economy movement. I mean, you all have a growing popular platform and you all you also make it really cool. I mean, the other thing, too, is, I mean, spending a lot of time in, like, kind of in lefty Twitter circles where it's just, like, socialist academics kind of arguing with socialist (laughs) academics. And, I mean, the fact that you all are really doing outreach, like, really speaking to young people who may not know anything about socialism and also just using practical tools like this map. I mean, I tend to feel like a lot of the socialists, like you think of them on Twitter, like aren't really talking to working class people. And that's really who it's supposed to be about. Or they are in like a tokenizing way. They are like in a performative way. Right. We're in outward facing mode. We're facing out to the to the rest of the world. Zach Fox is retweeting our stuff. That's so good. (laughs) And like, so Zach Fox is following. It's like people from all these different places are just coming in, right? It's not just like us looking inwards, talking to other socials. And 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 don't don't get me wrong, we have way way more work to do, even on that front, right? Especially in breaking down a lot of the information that's already there. You know, we're we need to be able to distill a lot of this stuff to the most base points on top of providing in developing upon these types of resources and tools. And I think we're going to be able to do that. But it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work that lies ahead in terms of getting the word out to, to poor working class people who aren't in the world of academia and who might not know what socialism means and that's that's really where the where the work is what is your outreach plan in i mean obviously social media is huge but like for this map in particular are you just gonna like let it spread organically for now or are you via cooperation jackson or other collectives or other points are you trying to get it into communities that maybe like aren't so much in the twitter sphere yeah, that's that's what needs to happen. I mean, Cooperation Jackson is is one of those, you know, where we're trying to bridge worlds and, and connect people. You know, we the reason why we've been going so hard on this map in particular is because, you know, it's, it's changing now that we've dropped this map a little bit. But we essentially have more work to do in just communicating even amongst the leftists what exactly we're trying to do. You know, you're trying to build out on certain initiatives and people still don't understand what the bigger picture is or what the greater strategy is. So we kind of just want to get to this base level of where people can, when you say BSA or Black Socialists of America, they have a con- they can conceive of where in the context of the global left they stand and what exactly they're doing in a practical sense in order to build socialism, you know, build eco-socialism. And so as things develop, 
you know, we want to create a, a national network and, and collective with the right resources that allows us to go out and, and do community outreach and community, you know, education outside of the digital realm and outside of whatever, trying to, you know, handle some of the more uh, uh, fundamental things and, and moving out from there, I think. One thing that I think is so important about launching this now, you know, in the lead up to the 2020 elections is historically we've seen the African-American cohort um, be something that's utilized by politicians and something right. that like politicians are going to like, you know, lend a hand to in this kind of magnanimous right. way. And I, I really appreciate how in this case it's like, no, this is like the black community building something for itself as its own right. political force that kind right. of like can be negotiated with but not really right. like not manipulated right, right? so it's like right. I think it's a it's a really timely signal to be like here's our map we know who we are right. and we right. have like this is really in our hands so I just right. that's just I think yeah an important timing you get it you get it <laughs> you make it really clear <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate it I appreciate it yeah I already mentioned this the data on your page kind of overview of the uh, American economy. I mean, I was right. I couldn't believe real estate and basically rentierism with land contributes to the highest amount of the GDP by percentage <laughs> yeah. than anything else. So but I was thinking, yeah. I was like, whoa, is that actually, that's kind of like a dual tax system. Like, you're like, <laughs> right. you're like capitalism <laughs> and then yeah. like... The government, the government, yeah, exactly. The government taxes you, and then there's all these people owning all the land and property taxing you too. And I mean, I felt that was like, was just particularly insidious. I'm curious what some of the the more socialist or cooperative alternatives are to this like crazy right. second uh, tax right. system that we right. that we're facing. Right. So. I actually encourage, this is like I'm doing a little uh, book plug for Cooperation Jackson. I highly recommend folks go and pick up Jackson Rising. You know, we're very much about taking the land. It, it might be worth it to talk about community land trust in this yeah, context for sure. as well. Yeah. You know, the, the land is really an important part of our strategy. And in Jackson, Mississippi, Cooperation Jackson, they're trying to build uh, an, essentially an eco-village and they're trying to build digitally fabricated housing, affordable housing that sits on community land trust, meaning it sits on land that is in controlled by the poor and working class community and where, you know, private interests and, and developers or whatever can't come in and just and, and buy it out. That's why we plotted community land trust on the dual power map. Um, because that's another space that more leftists could be building on. All of these different institutions reinforce one another and lend themselves to a larger socialist project. So Cooperation Jackson is is trying to, you know, continue to buy land and properties, you know, in Jackson for this reason. So on a historical scale, that makes so much sense, too. I mean, that's the most American thing. Have the land, <laughs> you know, own the land or, you know, in this case, take the land back. Like, you know, right, own the base right, means right. of production. I mean, especially black Americans in the South. Right. Like they yeah. should have had the, had had the, the land, land already. Anyway. Like, yeah. Right. We're the we're the ones who who develop the you know the community land trust model too. In uh, case anyone anyone um, was interested in a little history there, so I can imagine this is going to get a lot of density to it. Oh yeah, I I mentioned in the thread when we debuted the map that 
we're talking to leading people in the world of decentralized autonomous organization software development right now. Platform co-ops seem to me like, I mean, one of the most important things that I, I can't believe aren't developed yet. For instance, I remember a really clear example uh, was for a while, Uber was banned in Austin, Texas, and they ended up basically just kind of doing their own Uber clone that was locally owned, and all the rideshare and cab drivers used that instead. And I guess Uber won their court case and came back to Austin, and everyone just went to Uber for some reason, but I guess just because there's more app usage. Right. But I mean, you could imagine basically all of these national mega sort of monopolies, Uber, Deliveroo, or Postmates, or even Amazon to some extent, you could imagine local or cooperatively owned platform versions of this being made. And I wonder if you all have uh, any ideas of getting into that or any co-op stacks. Yeah. Any (laughs) connections with co-op stacks in the works? (laughs) Yes. And I would say that if you, if anyone who's listening looks into DAO, like software development. Yeah. We have a lot of, we have some blockchain listeners who are very into DAO and blockchain. And mesh networks also. Right. Yeah. Right. The implications um, in a in a socialist praxis context are absolutely insane. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, t- definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's, especially, I think Berlin has one of yeah. the few like le- is one of the few like lefty blockchain centers. Yeah, I think so too. Right now, I know yeah. there's I know they're out there, but uh, a lot of times the technology gets a bad rap for being like hyper libertarian. <laughs> yeah, but that's really cool that you guys are thinking in terms of blockchain applications because there is so much potential there. And I mean, I think you know when we're talking about dual power, the ideal situation is is really to render capitalist, you know, economic relations in the capitalist state obsolete. And again, when you look at the revolutionary potential in blockchain application, it's very clear that that's that's precisely what it lends itself to. Well, the other thing that's cool about that is, you know, we think a lot on this cast about how the different informational stacks order the world, right? And, you know, but we're sort of bound by the North Atlantic, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, or, you know, in Asia, you have the Alibaba, um, Huawei, WeChat, et cetera. In Russia, you have Russia. And in Africa, you have a battleground between (laughs) between between the two. Between them all, right, actually. Right. The stacks, yeah. But when you have a cooperatively owned, like, you know, micro stack, you then start to have some lateral movement. I'm I'm not a coder. I'm not an, a technologist. I'm not, you know, a political information science t- scientist. But one could just imagine there being some kind of cultural. This could be a space of like cross cultural exchange among the stacks that wouldn't be bound right. just by the certain global supply chains that dominate each one. Right, um, right. I mean, you know, right. it would be, they they would be these access points. So one could imagine that really being an interesting thing. You know, ten years from now it could be a vital lifeline between these different well, regions. Also, it just allows for, you know, I look at the the dual power map and, and I think of, about it as kind of a something that facilitates building a parallel economy exactly. outside, uh, you know, it's inside America, but it can kind of operate outside of the major capitalist structures. That is that's dual what, power. That's what, that, that's, that's what dual power is, right. my friend. So blockchain can also help facilitate some of the logistical aspects of arranging a sort of 
a separate economy. I mean, crypto's been doing right. that for a while now. Well, that's, some that's level. true. For, right. for something, burning, something for, I, for burners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something, something I wanted to add really quick just for some historical context for anyone who's interested. You know, dual power has been a, a concept throughout much of the last century or so heavily associated with the USSR and the Bolsheviks and Lenin. Um, but the, 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 the concept actually stems from the, the theoretical works of Proudhon. So the, it, it actually has its roots in, in an you know, anarchistic, mutualist type of framework. You know, that's why I think we're, we're finding decentralization and decentralized structures, you know, autonomous structures to be such a running motif, you know, in the present day context in which in which we're moving. That's just something I wanted to, to throw in there because there are a lot of a lot of people who might not have known that or who mm-hmm. might have certain associations with with those words dual power. It's good to know where a lot of these ideas or concepts stem from. Absolutely. I mean, one thing too, you know, as we're seeing with the green movement here in Europe, the world is engaging with certain realities, responding to climate change, responding to capitalism. And being anti-capitalist, just as being like believing in climate change, are no longer explicitly progressive projects. So it's important right, that right. you know that these terms are claimed for progressive means because you know you see the national Bolsheviks, right? This like right. which is like one of these subgroups, which is like an ethno-nationalist state. It's right. cool that they're anti, you know, they're anti-capitalist, but it's not so cool that they're super ethno-nationalist. And so it's necessary to use these terms and to own them in a way that is progressive. Let's just be clear, you know, the global capitalist class is here to make a profit even off of the ecological collapse. And, and, 100%. and again, it's just like the point I was making on cooperative movements. You know, people think that we're, we're going to be able to do this, have this neutral sort of like pathway or something. And it's like you, the fascists aren't neutral. Right. The fascists don't. <laughs> it's very clear what what direction they 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 want to take things in, and that they're taking things in really from the you know from the paleo conservative end to the to the outright fascist end. You know, yeah. like if if we have our principles in place and we have our you know we should we should just be clear uh, about what they are, then be enshrouding whatever type of um, action we're taking, whatever we're developing on. Right. You know. Right. Uh, this is this is kind of like a, a oddly light question to follow this <laughs> with, but uh-huh. I'm wondering if you have any ideas for gamification of actually like utilizing or visiting the cooperatives on the map. Any hashtag challenge or like, can you spend a whole month only <laughs> buying things from worker-owned businesses or cooperatives? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure in some cities it's absolutely possible. Oh, for sure. I mean. That's probably, I mean, that, that could be a whole other call. Like (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done too much. I haven't done too much um, brainstorming on that end yet, but you know, dude, I'm sure that as things sort of develop, we're going to be able to, to put our imagination to use in in so many different ways in building on this project. And I, I, I have no doubt there'll, there'll be something there in gamification (laughs) um, with this, with this dual power map. And I'm, I'm excited to see whatever the hell that is. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, I kept thinking with this conversation of automation, replacing jobs, I kept thinking like cooperatively owned robots, (laughs) (laughs) 
But from there, right. I, I started, which I guess, yeah, that's right. Something coming up in the future. AI technology and the development of robots and all this stuff. That's not the problem. It's a question of who's in control of that yeah, totally. technology in a socialistic or communistic, anarchistic context the workers control that and so that would lead to more time to be with family and friends and living enjoying life in a capitalist context you know this basically it, it goes the orwellian route so right. i think it's up to us to to you know lay the lay the, the flag in the ground and decide what it's going to be well we'll have the dual power cooperatively owned robot map and coming out 2030, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We're laughing and then I hope it actually happens. (laughs) Well, to make that happen. I hope we can look back and be like, we called it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the effort of making that happen or fully human functional socialism, um, (laughs) can you, do you want to say a word about how people can help build BSA, how they can contribute, what they can do to, to, you know, build your project further? Yes. If you hear this and you like what you're hearing and you're down and you want to support, just go to blacksocialist.us slash donate. We're basically trying to cast the net um, through this page and just see what resonates with with people and and what we're able to start building on. So blacksocialist.us slash donate if anyone wants to support and cooperationjackson.org if you're if you're looking to support that local project in in particular. And if there's anybody who's like a student or who's like, you know, between jobs or whatnot, is there any like small things they can do or like strong things they can do that aren't monetary that still are helpful for the cause? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that that that's always going to be the case. Right now, a lot of the the stuff that we're working on is on the digital end and also on the educational resource uh, development end. So if you're a writer or you're a developer or you have experience in communications, anything like that, blacksocialist.us slash contact, just reach out. And we also, if if you are a black socialist, blacksocialist.us slash join us, join dash us. That's the the, the formal form for anyone who wants to volunteer and and become a part of our organization. Thank you so much, Z, for uh, calling in again. It's always a pleasure talking with you. I'm super excited. Excited yeah, for everything yeah. I, I always, I always, I appreciate it. And after the last, the last talk we had, there's some really cool people who who reached out and showed love. So I, I appreciate you all sharing this awesome platform with us. Yeah, well, keep doing what you're doing. We're super inspired by it. Thank you so much, and uh, Thank hope, you. hopefully we, we we chat again before the 2030 robot map. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hopefully. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Take care. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. New Model Special Report.